praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Aren't you glad that's where your hope is tonight? I'll tell you one thing about next week this time, depending on if you're a Democrat or Republican. If your hope is on one side or the other, somebody in this building is going to be disappointed because the election ain't going to suit you. And then the weather probably won't suit you between now and then. The gas prices ain't going to suit you. Fuel prices is going to go up. Electricity. So if your hope is in anything but him, you're in a mess. But if our hope is in him, no matter who wins the election or who don't, oh, praise God. We got a hope that goes beyond this world. Thanks be to God. I'll tell you, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost tonight, you could be happy if Hillary was the president. Well, some of y'all frown when I said that. Your hope don't come from Hillary. It don't come from Trump. It comes from the trumpet. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, some of you are ready to go to the house after that, ain't you? Brother Don, I've never been able to figure out what you are. Which are you? I ain't neither one of them. Look, friends, politics is like denominations. Satan is in charge of every political party. Satan is in charge of every denominational church. And yet, what do they do? They fuss and fight and argue. Politics on this party will fuss and fight against this party. And the same devil's in charge of both of them. Hell, we might as well go to the house now. <laughs> no, let's stay. Amen. Aren't you glad that our hope tonight is in the coming of the Lord Jesus? When Brother Branham was here, you imagine 1964, 1965, when he made these comments, there's one, only one hope that the church has. That's the coming of the Lord Jesus. If that was so then, what about now? Praise God. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Let's read about this church that kind of sounded like to me a while ago when that music was going and stuff. There was people I hear screaming and hollering. and I thought, my Lord, they're ready to have meeting tonight. Amen. Ain't that wonderful when he comes by? Let's look about that church tonight, which I believe by God's grace we're part of. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock. Now these verses are directed toward the ministers, of course, over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God. Now, this is what real God-called men are called to do. Feed the church. To feed the church of God. Now, this is why it means so much to the Lord, which he has purchased with his own blood. So the church don't belong to me. It don't belong to you. It don't belong to an affiliation. It belongs to him. 
Amen. Let's read it again. Take heed therefore unto yourselves to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. Let's read again the scripture that we read last Wednesday night, Second <clears throat> Corinthians chapter 8, verse 23. Whether any do inquire of Titus, he is my partner and fellow helper concerning you. Isn't it amazing? Now, the prophet of the age did not place inferior ministers in an inferior position. Now, there's no way Titus is ever going to do what Paul did. But yet to hear Paul talk about it and place him positionally in the word, he identified him as a partner and a fellow helper concerning you. Or our brethren be inquired of, now it goes beyond Titus and goes to the rest of the ministering brothers. They are messengers of the churches and the glory of Christ. My, my, what a great responsibility it is for men of God that are called. Can you imagine God called preachers being called the glory of Christ? wonder how Jesus takes it then when some of the folks in the message make fun of preachers. When the Bible says real God called men are the glory of Christ, so when people ridicule, laugh, scoff, and make fun of preachers, God called preachers, they're making fun of the doxa, which is the glory of Christ. Serious, isn't it? Oh, my. We're going to have time right here tonight. I'm going to tell it. Amen. Let's pray together. How many like to be remembered tonight before the Lord? Amen. God bless you. Heavenly Father, we so love you. Oh, God, it was so wonderful. Lord Jesus, to be able to be here tonight, just what we've experienced so far, your supernatural presence just coming among the people, hearing them sing and rejoice. Lord, I knew that by that song being sung and hearing them so blessed by it, it meant they had a testimony. It meant they had come through something and they had a testimony, a personal testimony to be able to testify that you it was God in their life and you had come on their scene, on the scene in their life and they was able to rejoice in it tonight Lord as me and Carol was talking about it coming to church and I told her I said you know anybody that just waits to praise God when things are going good when the bills are paid and the circumstances are around them are going well they will miss out on so much praise but anybody who was born of praise anybody who has praise from their heart they can praise Him no matter what state they're in because they're not just praising Him for the status and the condition of prayers answered or unanswered. They're praising Him because something has been burst in their soul. That's the kind of people we want to be, Lord. That if it's hot or cold or warm or indifferent or whatever it is, we still have praise on our lips because of the Spirit of God in our hearts. Heavenly Father, this prayer cross I have in my hand tonight, Lord, for Sister Naomi. Daily we're asking you, Lord, that you'd move on behalf of our sister. You see her need tonight, Father. We just believe you, Lord, 
that you would touch her. Heavenly Father, there was other hands that was uplifted, which signified needs maybe in their bodies, in their home, in their finances. You know what it is? I pray you would go to each one tonight, Lord. Would you just meet it according to your divine grace? We love you, Father, and we give you praise in advance in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the saints said, Amen. God bless you, saints. You may be seated. So nice to be back with you tonight. Let's read the scripture again in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 23. Paul mentioning, it says, Whether any do inquire of Titus, he is my partner and fellow helper concerning you. So the burden in the early apostolic church was divided. Paul did not believe that he was the pastor and the evangelist and the teacher and the prophet. He did not believe he was all five-fold ministry in one. As a matter of fact, that's Antichrist to believe such a thing. You say, what is Antichrist? Well, Brother Branham identifies anything that's against the teaching of Christ is Antichrist. So people who teach against signs and wonders, Antichrist. People who teach against people being born again, receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the same kind of sensation, same kind of emotion that they had on the day of Pentecost, Antichrist. That's right. Every child of God in every generation has a chance to be born again and have the same experience they had in the upper room. Anything contrary is against the teaching of Christ. Now, notice then that Paul positionally places not only Titus, which was a great man, no doubt, but also the others. He says they are the messengers of the churches. I love the word that he used here because he did not use angelios, which is most of the time used in the New Testament when you see the word messenger. But here the Greek word is apostolos. Apostolos. Now that was, for those of you who knew Brother David Mominus, this was his name, Apostolos. Someone in the message come to him one day and was real critical and they saw his name, Apostolos, David Mominus. So they buzzed right up into his face and said, who give you the authority to say you are Apostolos? And he said, my mother. He was a Greek, you know, so that was Greek language. So, now, I want you to notice now that Paul identifies some of the other ministers that was coming to the church as the apostolos. Look at the meaning of this word. He that is sent, a delegate. One sent forth with orders. So, this is not the way he overcome. Now you see, this is coming from headquarters, that this is the way we overcome. So you see, hundreds of people all standing in a group, taking their picture, and their motto is, this is the way we overcome. We push play. That is against the scripture. This is the victory that overcometh the world, not pushing play, but our faith. Well, hallelujah. I understand you're in the dark of the lot, but if the devil does dare raise his head here, you'll be ready for it. That's right. So now, these men 
were men that were sent forth in the church because they were delegates from where? Not delegates from Jerusalem. They were not a delegation from Judah or Judea or Bethany. They were delegates from heaven. So they were sent with a message and they were sent with orders. What kind of orders was it? Of course, apostolic orders because they were apostolos so they were sent with apostolic orders and that was the commission of the Lord Jesus who founded the church and sent these men now notice Paul is not claiming this as him only since he was the only major prophet in this time frame and the church said Peter was not a major prophet Titus was not a major prophet. Luke was not a major prophet. Agabus was not a major prophet. There was only one, and that was Paul. So therefore, the revelation come to Paul. But yet, there were other men who were sent forth with orders, and they were sent to be able to undergird the church in the doctrine that God was giving to Paul. Now, sometime when you have time to really sit down, I'd like you to read your Bible, maybe in sequence, start maybe in the book of Acts, and then go to the book of Acts, and then whenever you come over to the Pauline epistles, I want you to skip them. I want you to skip Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Philippians, Philemon. I want you to skip all the Pauline epistles as they are called. And then I want you to go to the book of James and then go to first and second Peter and go to the book of Jude. And you'll be amazed how much would be left out of the New Testament if we left out the teaching of the prophet Paul. You would leave out all the understanding or a great portion of the understanding on predestination and election and foreknowledge. You would leave out the entire book of Hebrews which would bring the types and shadows of the atonement. You would leave out so much. Now you understand that Peter said about our brother Paul. He said our beloved brother Paul writes many things which is hard to be understood. Now he was a man that had the keys of the kingdom, but he did not have the greatest revelations of the kingdom. Well, praise the Lord. And Peter himself saying that Paul wrote and said things that was hard to be understood. No doubt there was things that Paul ministered that Peter really had to contemplate and pray over because Peter himself did not have the revelation that Paul had. Now don't get mad at me, but I guarantee you one thing. In order to be up on the revelation of the day, Peter would have had to wind up quoting some of the things that Paul said because Peter's own understanding was not enough to bring him into the types and the shadows. Boy, I hope you understood what I just said. Can you imagine Peter, which was right there with the Lord Jesus, whenever he would get up and he would quote what Paul had to say? Don't you get mad at me for quoting what our prophet of our age had to say. 
Oh, sure, I'm called to be a pastor. I've been preaching most of my life. I reckon I know a few things to say. But if I want to be in season in harmony for the hour, guess what? I've got to quote the man of God that was given the most revelation in this age. And it was not me or it was not some other man that was sent after the seventh angel to straighten him out. Well, praise the Lord. Well, Brother Donnie, Brother Branham left the message in a mess and God sent this man to bring clarity. No, God didn't need nobody to bring clarity to the message. What God needs is for men to preach what's been said and for saints to live what's been said. We don't need some man with clarity. We need folks with the Holy Ghost. Now, this is the way that the other ministry was placed in the New Testament. Now that Titus, no doubt, would have went around and if you'd have saw their notes and some of the things those men of God would have preached in that day, of course, they would have went by word of mouth repeating the testimonies they heard from Luke and maybe John and some of the others. And they would have stood behind the pulpit and they'd said, Now, have you brethren heard? Have you brethren heard how that God allowed our beloved brother Paul to be carried up into the third heaven. And they would stand up and they'd say, and people with visitors might come to the meetings and they'd sit there and say, Lord, have mercy. Then people would stand up there quoting some man by the name of Paul and I went to asking about who that man was and they told me he was dead. They told me that the man was, was killed under capital punishment and the Romans had took his head off and yet that preacher sat up there and read several of his quotes and they projected them on a screen. That's the way apostolic preachers believed. That's the way they preached. Look, if, if James, if Titus, if Philemon, if the rest of those brothers was up on the revelation of the first age century, you know what? They had to get it from the main man, which was Paul. Now, Peter had wonderful things to say, and John had wonderful things to say. But you say, well, I'll tell you what, I, I prefer John over Paul. I'll tell you what you do. Then you read St. John, and you read 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and read the book of Revelation, and then see how much you will be left out of by not reading Peter, by not also reading James, and reading the Pauline epistles. You see, God allowed each one of them to be able to contribute what God gave them to contribute. It's a same way with God called ministers today. Some think we only need a prophet. Some, well, I don't care for anybody but my pastor. And some, well, I'll tell you one thing, I don't think we need evangelists. We need this and that, but we need every God called man that God sends our way. Now look, I'm smart enough to know that every preaching the message ain't going to feed us and help us, and I want to find the ones that do. And the ones that come through here, if I don't hear good feedback after several times, I'm not going to get them to come back probably very often because whenever I'm here or not here I want you to be fed but yet I realize that God has placed in the body a diversifying quality of gifts and they minister to each one don't you appreciate God doing that now these men started out in the proper form that God gave it now notice Paul goes on to say then that these men are apostolos but they are also the glory of Christ can you imagine men 
one who had faithfully projected the glory and the personification of Christ so great in that age that they reflect in their own ministry the very glory of Almighty God. Now may I not limit it to a preacher. We know that every God called life, a life lived by the word is the word expressed. But the Lord Jesus was so proud to be identified with the true ministry of that day that he allowed them to do some of the same things he did when he was here. Now Jesus didn't go around dedicating hospitals and Jesus didn't go around in laboratories and trying to find medical cures for this and that and the other. But you know what? What did he do? He went around laying hands on the sick, casting out devils, preaching the word, setting the captive free. So what did his sons do? They done the same thing. I wonder how many times Jesus passed by the man laying at the gate beautiful. Now the scripture said that man was 38 years old and he laid there for years. I wonder how many times the Lord Jesus walked right by him. But no doubt in his mind thinking, I'm going to leave this for the boys. <laughs> I wonder how many in Jerusalem and how many around that he left because his same glory was going to continue in his own body. Oh, hallelujah. Praise be to God. Oh, but you realize, friend, that it is the glory of God. Now, you know, no doubt there were people in that day that felt they need to go into the protection mode for Paul. And there were some that divided, of course, and said, well, I'm of Paul. And another said, well, I'm, I'm of Apollos. And then there was another group that seemed the most religious, and they said, well, I'm of Christ. And that did not mean that they were saying they were born again, but what it meant was they didn't believe they needed any preachers at all. You see, that spirit did not start in this day. It was already alive back there. So what they said was, I don't need Paul. I don't need Apollos. I don't need neither one of them. But I'm of Christ. Therefore, I sit home and read my Bible. And I don't need to go to church. Oh, my. But yet, there was no doubt people in that day when they saw other ministries that was raising up. And Apollos was a dynamic type of speaker, a great man. You read the history on Apollos, he was a great man. Contributed a lot to the gospel in the first century. No doubt some of the people, as they always are, they enter into that protective mode. Remember how they done John the Baptist? Whenever the scripture says that they heard that a lot of the people started going to Jesus, and some of John's followers, now remember John was Elijah so some of Elijah's followers come to Elijah and said oh everybody gather around Elijah my goodness they're, they're, they're pointing away from Elijah and they're pointing over to Jesus John said did not I tell you a man can receive nothing except he gets it from heaven he that heareth the bridegroom's voice is the friend of the bridegroom and he rejoices because he hears the bridegroom's voice because the bridegroom is now speaking personally to the bride and there were people that rallied around John oh my oh my oh my you know you understand folks that that's exactly what goes on in the ranks of the message that folks are terrified they're terrified that the glory is moving from brother Branham somehow and we're trying to take away from Brother Branham. We're not trying to take anything that God gave from Brother Branham. But we are going to take away from Brother Branham the things that don't belong to Brother Branham. Well, you didn't like that, did you? Well, that's the truth anyhow. Brother Branham was a sinner. He needed to be saved by grace. Brother Branham needed to be sanctified. He needed to get the Holy Ghost. He had to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. He had to repent for lying. 
Praise the Lord. So to make him God, absolutely not. I'm going to tear that thing up as long as I got breath in my body. Contrary to the scripture. But you see, the rest of the ministry, many folks that had that attitude, they feel threatened. So if a preacher goes to laying hands on the sick and miracles go to follow, oh my, people get all tore. Oh, he's, he's, trying to, he's trying to be something. He's trying to be something. He is just another son of God. Tell us plainly. Look, friends, if you want to know what I believe, all you got to do is ask me. Do you believe, Brother Donnie, we're beyond Brother Branham? I do not. Do you believe we'll ever get to a place that we won't be quoting the message? Now, that I believe when we're in the rapture. I ain't like some of the ignoramuses around the message who say that God in heaven will be pushing play. Look, friends, don't take this truth for granted. You ought to appreciate being able to come to the house of God and hear the truth and be able to worship God and just have a desire instead of making, oh, my goodness, some of the stuff that's going on. It's unbelievable. Somebody sent me a video today of a preacher in Africa that's a self-proclaimed prophet. Another one. And the people were lining up as this man was coming to church to preach. And they were taking branches off of trees. They were taking their coats and their sweaters and laying it in the way for the man to step on top of them like they done Jesus. A so-called message preacher, a so-called prophet. I don't doubt that he ain't a prophet, a false one. Any prophet that takes glory to himself is a false prophet and a liar and a deceiver. Well, amen. You imagine a servant of God, Brother Terry? Hundreds and hundreds of those people in the video. And they're standing there singing and shaking back and forth and dancing as this man comes through with these bodyguards. And here they are worshiping and worshiping as this so-called preacher comes up through there and receiving adoration as if he was the Lord Jesus. What in the world's matters, message people? Don't folks want the truth, just the plain truth anymore? I do. I said I do. Oh, my. Notice this in blind Bartimaeus. Brother Bram said, God said in the church first what? Missionaries or apostles. Apostle and a missionary, as I told you, taught you it's the same thing. One cent. Apostles. Notice this now, it doesn't say apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, pastor. But he says it, Brother John, in the plural form. Do you realize he said to add one word to a message after it's been vindicated to be the truth? is total annihilation and eternal separation from the presence of God. So those who take the S off of evangelist, who take the S off of pastor or S off of prophet. Well, hallelujah. Notice he says apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, pastors. 
pastors God sent in the church for the perfecting of the church that's the divine gifts that God ordained amen and said into the church see those are for the perfecting of the church listen to this Jesus speaks through Jesus speaks through his pastor. Now Jesus don't speak through ever pastor. Just his pastors. Jesus don't speak through ever teacher. Just his teachers. <laughs> Jesus speaks through his pastor. Speaks through his teacher. Speaks through his seer, his prophet. Speaks through his missionary to the countries and so forth. That's his, how many? One? Gifts, plural, that he's put in where? The church. Praise God. So God don't send a prophet outside of the church. Or a pastor. Or a song leader. What good would it do to be a song leader outside of the church? Who are you going to lead to sing songs? Cows? Squirrels? Donkeys? Mules? What good would it do for God to call an evangelist and that he don't believe in preaching? He just promotes playing tapes. Well, it makes no sense to me that if we're supposed to play tapes, why should we get an evangelist to come in here and get him a room and give him an offering when all we're going to do is push play anyway? It'd be cheaper on us to just do it ourselves and then send that money overseas to print some books maybe. Or if we want to get a missionary to come in and he does the same thing. Well, praise the Lord. So what does God do? God places these gifts in the church. Now listen to this. He said, he's been with you a long time, but maybe you have never recognized it. Oh my goodness. You mean after he talks about Jesus speaking through his pastor, through his prophet, through his evangelist, through his teacher, and then he says he's been with you a long time, but maybe you've never recognized it as Philip. Praise be to God. Remember, Philip said, show us the Father. And it suffices or satisfies. And Jesus said, Philip, have I so long time been with you and you haven't known me? I thought he was talking about the Father. He was. <laughs> he was. I thought we were talking about the voice of God. We are. Oh, praise the Lord. Notice this. Take on the whole armor of God. What we need today is a man that'll take God's word with the power of the Holy Ghost behind him to press it out there and watch it come to pass. That's God's army. Amen. His word of fire. His army is all, listen to this, all dressed with the ever presence of himself in there. 
going with us, I'll go with you, be in you. Not you that speaketh the Father that dwelleth in you. He doeth the works in his army. He presents his army in the form of five officers. First, apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists. That's his army. That's his soldier. That's his I wonder what Jesus thinks about some of these preachers and the message that are setting down and quit preaching because the message from headquarters comes, we're going to play a tape at a certain, certain time and we're going to play this tape and the pastors that really believe what he said is going to follow our example. You know what you've done? You've got yourself a pope. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Here we go. Oh, you shouldn't say that. Oh, but I should. Why? It's against the teaching of Christ. Brother Branham said about Branham Tabernacle that Brother Neville was solely the pastor and he said if Brother Neville wanted to preach Jehovah Witness doctrine that he could not stop it because he was the pastor. But he said if the church voted to put him out and he said, I've only got one vote. And of course they tried to put Brother Neville out. They finally did it after Brother Branham left. But they tried to put Brother Neville out before him. Brother Branham said, I want whoever's behind him. Boy, he got their goat and a goat it was. He said, I want to know whoever it is behind that, you come and see me. Because Brother Neville is the pastor of this church. He said, Brother Neville has full authority if he needs to move a deacon or move a trustee or move anybody in the church. He has the authority to do so. He said, that's apostolic. But what have we done? We've accepted Baptists and Methodists and Church of God and Presbyterian ways in to where a pastor and the message is no more than a puppet on a string. Well, hallelujah. He's either under a command of a deacon board. You better not preach this. You better not do that. You better not do something else or some type of pope that says we're doing this and we're doing that. Look, you want to play a tape? That's fine. But don't you stand in your headquarters and tell me what I'm supposed to do because according to the word, the Holy Ghost has made me and by the temple and by the my price and on and on and on and on. God called pastors to be the shepherds of their flock. Happy Valley is not some pope. Happy Valley is not the example of everybody around the message. We're not the example church. We're just part of it. But I'm glad we're part, ain't you? Woo! Oh my. His commanding Officers, So apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are commanding officers. And the saints said, All with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh-oh. Yeah, that leaves some of them out right from the get-go, don't it? Waiting out there to meet the enemy on any grounds. Oh, it don't take much of a preacher to stand up and preach against denomination. 
What kind of a preacher is in the message? He thinks he's got a lot of guts to preach against a denominational system and hold up from the very same spirit that's right in their own ranks. Coward! Bring it on up, friend. That's where you get your opposition in this day. It ain't going to be the Baptist that's going to try to shut us up. It's going to be people from our own ranks. Come on now, children. Our twin ain't a church of Christ. Our twin is not a, a Laodicean Pentecost. Our twin quotes the prophet. Woo. Oh, my. His commanding officers, all of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, waiting out there to meet the enemy on any grounds he comes upon. To meet the enemy with the word of God, amen. Each one backing, notice now, each one backing one another up. So a God-called evangelist comes in and backs up a God-called pastor. And a God-called pastor and a God-called evangelist backs up a God-called missionary. Why we have so much fussing and fighting and arguing amongst the ministry? Well, it don't take a rocket scientist to figure it out. Some of them ain't God-called. Some of them God-sent, some of them mama-sent. Notice each one backing the other one up. With him, the chief captain, not out there in front, up here above, back behind, but in them. (laughs) That's the army vindicating. Vindicating what? His resurrection by the proof of his works. Can I go on? Notice again, paragraph 76. God fortified his army with what? Himself. In the form of tapes and books and bookmarkers. In the form of prophets, apostles, teachers, pastors. Himself in the form of... I'm in agreement himself in the form of Malachi 4. I'm in agreement himself in the form of Ephesians 4. Oh, some of y'all didn't raise your hand. You see, you stopped with Malachi 4. But you see, it's himself in the form of Ephesians 4. Will they replace Brother Branham? Nonsense. Are we beyond Brother Branham? Nonsense. Well, glory to God. Brother Donnie, I'm hoping that eventually you'd get to a place where you'd quit quoting Brother Branham. Why in the world do you want me to do that for? Jeremiah was dead and buried and his bones had rotted and all went back to gases and atoms and acids and all that sort of thing and they were still quoting the words of that prophet. John the Revelator, his body's been dead and gone back to death for thousand, two thousand years now and we're still quoting the words of that prophet. Why should I be ashamed to quote the words of our prophet? Amen. Notice what did he do? What was God doing? Listen, did you ever think what the office of the church is? It's God's dress. Inside dress. 
An apostle, a prophet, a seer, foresee before Satan ever gets to it. Done told it. What is it? God dressed up in... Coming to church tonight, I've seen little kids out dressed up in costumes. Some of them look like spooks and some of them look like goblins and some of them, I'm not sure what they look like. But they were dressed up like something other than they were. And they were going around asking, of course, for candy. You know what they were doing. But yet, what did God do? God come back to visit his church. It ain't trick or treat. It's believe or die. I said it's believe or die. What did he do? He come back and he's, oh, hallelujah. He come back in his church and he put on another mask. He put on another costume in the form of the commanding officer. Notice he said God dressed up in his church. These offices is God's dress wear. When you see those offices, pastors, teachers, evangelists, what is that? That's God's dress wear. God's presence. God's spirit. Oh, hallelujah. And it working through men and if that office denies any of this word, it's not God's dressing. That's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Watch that fellow. Beware of him. So the battle cry from headquarters is this. Push, play. And obey. Well, it's amazing. No way, huh? (laughs) It's amazing when I push play that I hear these quotes. But apparently when some of them push play, they don't hear these quotes. So when I push play and it says preach, what do I do? Preach. So when I push play, I obey. Oh my. Thank you, Lord Jesus. My, my. Notice now the apostolic form as God set it forward in 2 Corinthians again, chapter 8, verse 23. Whether any of you inquire Titus, he is my partner and fellow helper. Look, friend, the exact same thing that Brother Branham said 2,000 years later, identifying the ministry right along with him. Not saying that the minister should sit down and why in the world, Brother Neville, are you preaching at the tabernacle? Why don't you play a tape every time I'm gone, Brother Neville? Because that ain't what Brother Brandon believed. They are the messengers of the churches and the glory of Christ. The glory of Christ. Verse 24. Wherefore show ye to them and before the churches the proof of your love and of our boasting on your behalf. Ephesians 1.22. And has put all things under his feet. Talking about Christ. And gave him to be the head over all things to the church. 
So who's over the ministry? Christ. Who's over the administration to the body? Not headquarters. Not some bishop, not some pope. Christ is the head over the body. Oh, my. Notice in verse 23, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. You mean to tell me his body is the fullness of him? I'm not, and you're not, but his body is his full representation on the earth. Now remember, take the Pauline epistles out of the New Testament, you'll not find this said anywhere else in the New Testament. Paul had an insight about Christ and the bride that none of the rest of the apostles even come close to see him. Take Brother Branham out of my preaching. Take Brother Branham. You know, it's amazing to me because all these folks that even left the message, they've got so shaped and formed by the message even though they're gone for years and years, it's still deep down settled a lot of the things the way they say it. No matter how much they hate it, they'll never get away from it. Notice Ephesians 5, 29. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourished, nourisheth, and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. Verse 31. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the preachers, Christ and the deacon board, Christ and the Pope. Jesus don't believe in popes. Jesus never set the church with the Pope. But with apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Jesus sent prophets. Man chose popes. Jesus sent pastors. Man chose priests. Well, glory to God. Jesus chose singers anointed by the Holy Ghost. Musicians anointed by the Holy Ghost. Song leaders anointed by the Holy Ghost to bring songs where the children of God can sing and worship and dance in the presence of God. But man chose the doxology. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Colossians chapter 4 verse 15. Salute the brethren which are in Laodicea and Nymphos and the church which is in his house. His brother must have either had a small group or a big house. How many have we read where the church was in their house? You imagine them coming in and setting out chairs. Some of them sitting on the floor, maybe a dozen, 20, 25. And they'd preach under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost and God would straighten out limbs. Praise God. God would open blinded eyes and the church began from there and began to grow and multiply. And Satan said, wow, what a move. What a move. I didn't realize God was going to have a church. This is a great idea. What if God wants a church? That I want one. 
I'll defeat his by mingling my own with his. I'll call mine the same thing. If he wants to call his the church of God, I'll call mine the church of God. If in other places he wants to call it the church of Christ, I'll call mine the church of Christ. And I agree with the prophet, there's only one word missing out of that title and title. Because as he said, everything that Christ taught, they're against it. Modern day Pharisees. They'd rather fight you over the scripture. They'd rather argue and debate. Come on, children. They can't lead nobody to a new birth. They ain't got one themselves. They study to argue and debate and carry on. Well, praise the Lord. That's why they draw a certain type of people, arguers, debaters. But thank God a few of them's got born again. Amen. Notice now Colossians 4.16. When this epistle is read among you, Can you imagine the audacity of this man to call his letter to a church an epistle? When this epistle is read among you. Now some of you that have a problem reading Brother Branham's quotes, you know what you had done in the first century? You wouldn't have read Paul's. You had a constant referred to the Old Testament. And Abinadab begat Jehonadab, and Jehonadab begat Shinabab, and Shinabab begat Holabab. And boy, they had a bunch of babs in that family. And he begat so-and-so and so-and-so. But if you wanted to be enlightened to the word of the hour, then you would take the message of that day from who? God's prophet and apostles. When this epistle is read among you, cause that it be read also in the church of the Laodiceans and that ye likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. So there's this kind of swapping books. Well, praise be to That's what makes you realize all these folks are just spiritual ignoramuses. They're just spirit. They, they want to fight you over such stuff. Look at the first century church. We're doing what they did. Praise be to God. So here Paul writes a letter to the, to the Colossian church. And he said, now, whenever y'all get done reading this letter, I want you to make sure the Laodiceans get it. And then he said, oh, yeah, there's some things that I said to the Laodiceans. Any of y'all ever read that letter? You haven't, have you? It was one of the lost books. But it was an epistle. And in that day, they shared it around from one to the other. What from? Not a tape group. Or a script reading group. But preachers. You imagine them preachers from Laodicea whenever they heard somebody carried over the, the book from Colossae. And they come over and said, hey, brother, the prophet of God told me to give this to you. I said, what is it, brother? He said, oh, it's the epistle to, to the churches at Colossae. He said, oh, glory to God. And he'd go in his study and he'd sit there and just pour over. Oh, my God. Colossians chapter 1 
In him the fullness of the God is. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9. Colossians chapter 3 verse 15. Oh my Lord, oh my Lord. What words? Oh my goodness. Oh, he said, I can't wait to get to church. I can't wait to get to the house of God. And he was studying apostles and prophets' writings. And he brought them writings to the book. And the saints could tell when he come out of the office door, if they had an office door, I mean that man was turned on. He was ready for church. And they're thinking, what in the world's the matter with him? And he said, saints, I want to tell you something. I got a new book today. It was the first century version. <laughs> the book of Colossians was the first century version of Christ, the mystery of God Amen. revealed. Amen. You imagine them pastors and them evangelists and the evangelists gathered in around the church and said, look, brothers, look what he said. Lord have mercy. I don't remember him saying that here, did he? No. No, because our needs in Laodicea was different from theirs. And the gift of God anointed him to say it a little bit different to the church at Colossae. He said, oh, thank God for this. Thank God. You imagine them throwing on the corner. I don't need that. We ain't got no Old Testament scripture to vindicate what Paul said in Colossians 2 9. I believe he got a little bit excited there. But you imagine them saints as they read it and they just pour over. Have you ever heard such? Lord have mercy. In him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now unto the king, eternal, immortal, the only wise God. Where in the world did he get those words from the man himself? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You believe the Holy Ghost can still speak words of divine inspiration? Oh, yeah, I sent somebody a quote this week going through a difficult time, and I sent them a quote as I was sitting studying. As I got done sitting studying, I felt the presence of the Lord come near me where I was sitting at, and I heard the Spirit of God say these words. Love reaches one of its highest goals or achievements when it's given to those who least deserve it. I about tore the naga off my couch. Naga hide. I thought, Lord Jesus, it's no wonder. When you was here, you was the one that said John 3.16. For God so loved the world. Can't you see how great John 3.16 is? It's not so great that God would love the elect. It's not so great that God would love his own, for they was his own from the beginning. But what makes it so great is that he would love people that was not of his own genos. But yet he would reach to those least deserving. Oh, children, we're not loving like God as long as we love those that love us. We're not loving like God as long as we can love those that are kind to us. But it's when we love those that would kill us if they could get by with it. Run you down. Talk about you. Tell lies. And yet you look at them and you feel pity. Well, praise the Lord. I'm not sure who that was for, but there you go. Praise be to God. When this epistle is read among you, cause that it be read also 
in the church of the Laodiceans and that you likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. What was the focus? The church. The church. The church. And those who pulled away from the church were considered by John. They went out from among us because they were not of us. For had they been of us, they would have no doubt remained with us. 1 Thessalonians 1 and 1, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Chapter 2, verse 14. For ye, brethren, become followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For you also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews. Now the Gentiles merging together into the mystical body of what Paul set forth in the book of Romans, that they too would become together and be made one new man. And the new man of the New Testament is Jews and Gentiles merged together in the live stream of God by the display of the token. Where in the Old Testament the Gentiles were without the commonwealth of Israel. You imagine what a miracle that God did when God stretched forth his mighty hand oh my and allowed Ruth of Moabitis to come into the economy of God when God commanded that oh hallelujah to God when God commanded that one the bastard born son that was born out of there for all those generations could not even come and to be identified and yet here you have the Lord Jesus choosing to come right down that Gentile bride stream But the new man of the New Testament is emerging together, Jews and Gentiles together. And now the Gentiles were starting to suffer just like the early Jews had. You imagine how it must have been. It's hard for us to relate to first century thinking. To where the Gentiles finally got accepted among the Jews that they were a part of the church. Because they looked down their nose at them. You bunch of Gentile dogs. You ain't no good. Abraham was a Jew. No, he wasn't. He's a Gentile. Oh, my. You're a Paul now pulling them together. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Second Thessalonians 1, 1. Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians. In God our Father. Look at what an address. Now he didn't go to the Pope to Archbishop of Canterbury and Newbury and Roundbury. Who did he address? The church. And where did he place them? In God the Father. Unto the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. I know we get criticized because the name of our church is Happy Valley. Some folks think we ought to change the name of it. And it ought to be, you know, eternal life this or life tabernacle or this or that or the other. I have nothing against those names. But these churches here were called by the name of the location where they were. They said, what in the world is a message church doing called Happy Valley? Because we've learned how to be happy in the valley. And if you ain't yet, you need to listen up. But some folks think it's not spiritual because we're called Happy Valley. 
well, then that makes most of the New Testament church in not Happy Valley because none of them was called Life Tabernacle or Zoe Tabernacle or Word of Life Tabernacle or Morning Light Tabernacle. Now, I'm not against any of those names, but see how hung up that people get? What is it? You have to line up to what people think in order to be spiritual. I'm sorry when people go to telling me that. I generally do the opposite. It wouldn't make no difference to God if we lived up Possum Hollow where Possum Hollow and Coon Track Road crossed over and we was called Happy Valley Possum Coon Track. God did say to Brother Branham, go to the place you call Sportsman's Hollow. Look how carnal we get. My goodness. I'm preaching shotgun tonight. It's just scattering everywhere. Oh, my. Let me find a place to close here before I shoot myself. Second Thessalonians 1, 4. So that we ourselves glory in you and in the churches of God. Friend, it's hard for us to imagine, but can you imagine, Brother Jim, this is virgin, virgin time. There was no false churches of God as far as numbers. So whenever you said churches of God, they all knew you meant one thing. It wasn't the Cleveland Assembly, and it wasn't the Mountain Assembly, and it wasn't the Church of God of Prophecy, and it wasn't the Baptist, and it wasn't a Methodist or a Presbyterian. But in this era of time, you're able to write. Now, they'd already started pulling off, yes, and the White Horse Riders started, but it was so minuscule. It was so small. What a time. Praise God. Well, glory to God. I believe we're back at that time again. Now, they may not be called churches of God. They may be called Evening Light of the Seven. They may be called Happy Valley. They may be called Possum Trot or Coon Track. Or they may be called whatever more. But spiritually, it's what we want to be called. As the Holy Ghost can speak to us in Happy Valley or Kingsport or Elizabethan or Louisiana or Arkansas, wherever we are. And the Holy Ghost can speak to the churches of God. Not title, but possession. It means he owns them. Amen. Glory in you and the churches of God for your patience and faith and all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure. First Timothy 3.15, but if I tarry long that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. The pillar and ground of the truth. The church is the pillar and ground of truth. As Solomon's temple was upheld by two majestic great columns as you come into the entry. And they called them by two men's names. Architecturally, it was so designed it would bear much of the weight. And here Paul calling back the symbolism of how that the church of the living God is the support of the truth. Instead of God having the truth to spread all over the world, have a library over here and one over there and one over here and have Bible readers over there and just have a little group over here and they do this and other. No, that's not the way God done it. Jesus Christ was the chief cornerstone. The apostles were the foundation, but the body was the church. What's he doing? Rebuilding the masterpiece. 
When the masterpiece fell in the Garden of Eden, God chose four slabs. Four slabs of a foundation. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. So he laid it this way as it was in steps. So he laid Abraham. And then he laid Isaac on top of that. Jacob on top of that. Joseph on top of that. Then God began to build the body, which was what? The prophets, the word. Amen. Then when the Lord Jesus come, he was the head. He capped off the Old Testament masterpiece. Praise be to God. And what did he do? He smote his masterpiece and said, speak. And when he smote him, a little piece come out of his side. Like Michelangelo's masterpiece. And from that piece, God started building another masterpiece in Acts 2. Praise be to God. I'm sure most of you know this week, was it this very day? Yesterday or today, one that the Reformation started whenever Luther's 501 years or something like that. Thank God for the message of Luther. You're sitting here today because that man had a burden. God, amen. God said, I will restore, says the Lord. Martin Luther sure don't look like what we are today, but thanks be to God, it was leading to it. Oh, praise the Lord. Amen. Let's stand together. Notice this in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 11. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one. For which cause? Think of it, children. He is not ashamed to call them brethren. Saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. And in the midst of the church will I sing praise. Well, if Jesus sings praise... What's the matter with some of you that won't open your mouth? (laughs) You imagine the Lord Jesus saying in the midst of the church, well, I sing praise unto thee. Hebrews 12, 23, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. What was it through the whole New Testament? The church. Preachers were sent to the church. Singers were sent to the church. Let me say it again. I know some of you don't like it. But Hollywood is merged into our message to where that preachers will call people away from their churches to follow them. Singers will have a following away from their churches and they become more famous. Mm -hmm. Anything that pulls away from the church of the living God is Antichrist in principle. Right? The focus from Acts 2 on to the very end of the book of Revelation of the New Testament goal of God it's the church. The church. I'm proud to be identified with her. Oh, we've got a lot of nonsense. Our message net when we cast it. Brothers go overseas. Brother Terry's been. Brother Darrell's been. Other brothers around the world that travel. We go overseas and we cast that big old gospel net. 
We go out there, there, and there may be an assembly of God's guy sitting there in a Pentecostal and this and that, and there, though their message is all dead and dried up. They see a little bit of life, and they come around and say, man, this might be a brother. He may be or may not be. Some of them just come to use the message as a platform to springboard themselves. That's right. But a real believer finds home. A real believer in this word finds home. And this word will take you home. Amen. Praise God. Aren't you glad to be a part of the church? Let's bow our heads together. Oh, Heavenly Father, I pray you'd forgive us, Lord. If in any way we've lost our focus, away from what you placed the church on the earth for. Lord, even though we love to get together and eat and have social things together, yet that's not what the church is about. The church, down through the years, has got so sidetracked. Many of them, their focus is building hospitals. Well, if we'd do what you said, we'd cast out devils and heal the sick. But since they can't do that no more, I guess the next best thing is build a hospital. The apostles didn't build hospitals. They raised the dead, healed the sick, cast out devils. Praise be to God. There was no St. Jude's Hospital, and I'm not against that, Lord. I'm grateful for everything they can do. But Jude was the one who wrote about earnestly contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Thirty years after Pentecost, they'd started dwindling away. Lord God, I'm so grateful to be a part of a move of the Holy Ghost. To see you, Lord Jesus, moving among your people. Lord, we're not looking for some mighty man to raise up. We just all want to fall in love with you, Lord Jesus. It's always been. After you send a man with a message, it's always been that men want to come in and make themselves this and that. And the other one, Brother Branham passed away. It was the same thing. Many of those men who had their name called on tape begin to use that as some sort of personal vindication. Now that they're going to lead the bride on, and this one's going to lead the bride on, and that one's going to lead the bride on. Many of those men have lived out their lives They've built their sectarianism. And yet the bride keeps moving on. But that spirit that was on them didn't die. So it moved from them onto others. Then others come. Well, I'm a prophet. Well, I'm this and that and the other. God sent me to help y'all understand what Brother Branham had to say. But God, the bride, just looks at it as a little chipmunk. Chatter, chatter. Chatter, chatter, chatter. Chatter, 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 chatter. And the bride sets her wings in the wind and soars in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Before long, Lord, our bodies will be changed by this word. Thank you, Father, for sending us a prophet again. Now we don't need another prophet. We just need to stay with what he had to say. We should have known years ago that once you restored it, that the type would not have been perfect had you not let Satan attack the restored truth. For many years, we thought, and Brother Branham did, Brother Branham thought once it reached that restored place, it would go. That's why I kept saying it over and over again. It would happen. I I can't see the end out yonder. Will it last? Would it last? No, it won't. If it does, it'll break all records. Because he thought once it reached that spot, it would go. But time has proven. 
You had to allow Satan to do the same thing to your Eve that he'd done in the Garden of Eden to Adam's Eve. She had a perfect word, a perfect word from God. You've given us a message to restore us back to the original faith. But how can this bride be tested if you give it to her and then put her in a glass cage, so to speak? But you give it to her, pull the messenger off the earth, and leave her here with a message. And then allow the devil to come in quoting what? The very message that we listen to. Same thing he'd done in the Garden of Eden. Oh, but Lord, this Eve ain't like that one in the Garden of Eden. Hallelujah. That one could fall, but this one is predestinated not to fall. But she must be tried by every word. And your prophet tells us even the very reason this age exists is to prove to Satan she is not the type of woman that Eve was. Eve could not live right in a perfect paradise. No smoking, no drinking, no lying, no carousing, no adultery, no running around. There was nothing there. Nothing. Perfection. Beauty beyond what our minds can comprehend. Oneness with God that God himself, the pillar of fire, would come down every evening and they'd get to go to church not with the pastor. They got to go to church with God every evening. God personally laid them down at night. Hallelujah. She couldn't live right in that setting. And here we are in the middle of hell. Lord God, we ain't got paradise. It's Satan's Eden. Corruption, lying, everywhere, Lord. Yet out of this age, you'll prove to the devil, I'll show you, devil, what I can do. I'll bring a bride out of the worst age that's ever been on the earth. Furthermore, I'll let you try. But I'll tell you before you do, her name is written in the palm of my hands. You'll never get her. Well, she may make mistakes. She may fall. She may get discouraged. But I'm telling you, before you ever start, I'm going to win this battle. Poor old ignorant devil. He said, no, I believe I can get her. No, I believe he said, go right ahead. You done testified about Job. How could Job ever fall away? Oh, he come cold and complacent and this and that. He could never get out of the the loving presence of his father. Hallelujah. You had testified of him. Glory to God. We worship you tonight, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Oh, may we realize, as I heard your prophet say it yesterday, if Satan can only convince you that the trials of this life and the things you go through is God punishing you. He said, if you can only realize it's things that's put upon you to try your faith. Praise God. We love you, Lord. We worship you tonight, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for letting us be a part of your church. Your church. Hallelujah. Lord God, help me as long as I've got breath, as long as I've got sanity, to feed the church of God over which the Holy Ghost has made me overseer. Give me wisdom. Give me strength. Give me revelation. Give me courage. Oh God, help me not to cut corners. Help me not to compromise. Help me to preach straight, yet with love, with understanding. Help me to spank them when they need to be spanked, but pull them up to my arms. Hallelujah. 
We love you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Don't you love him tonight, children? I had two daughters, me and Carol. One of them was very timid and very shy. She didn't get that many spankings in her life. It was just her makeup. But she had a sister. And I'll not say who they are, but I'm looking in that direction. That sister got a lot of whippings when she was little. And I had a very difficult time whenever I would whip her and correct her. Whenever I'd try to pull her up in my lap and say, now, daddy loves you. She didn't believe that. She understands it now that daddy loved her. Loved her then and loves her now. It's the same with us sometimes. Some father whips us and he said, now remember I love you. You say, really? You just set me on fire. I can't even sit down. I'm so sore. And you love me, huh? That's right. He loves his children and he corrects them. But you see, we don't want to be like one of my earthly sisters was as I saw them last week and we sat eating together and I realized that there was a great high possibility that I could have been adopted after hearing my siblings talk. One of them was talking about grabbing a hold of a guy that kept picking on me and picking on me and I was always, always a coward. I know y'all don't believe that. But I hated trouble, I hated arguing, I hated fussing. There's this boy that was riding the bus, he'd hit me, he'd call me names, he'd do this and that and the other. One day my sister next to me, she got tired of it, she beat the fire out of him, broke his nose. Now the one of my sisters, one of my siblings was being picked on, my sister walked out in front of the bus one day, stuck her hand out like that, stopped the bus driver in the middle of the highway, Stuck her hand out like this and walked up on the bus. She's in there looking for somebody. Uh-huh, there she is. So she called around. She said, I'm going to tell you right now. If you ever do such and such and so and so to my guy, I'm going to drag you off of this bus. I'm going to beat you till you'll not be able to walk. Do you understand? The more of those things I heard, I realized I probably wasn't a Reagan after all. (laughs) That sister, when she got mean and my daddy would whip her, you know what she'd tell my daddy? Whip me again, that don't hurt. Whip me again, that don't hurt. We don't want to be spiritual children like that. We want to take his correction and say, thank you, Papa. I want to be a better son. I want to be a better daughter. Praise the Lord, saints. Don't you love him with all your heart? Oh, my. Harry, sing something for us. Let's just worship him. I know your kids have got school and you got to work tomorrow and all that, but let's just sing just a little bit before we go. It'll be better for you to be here in the presence of God than going out there standing about what you've done today and talking an hour or whatever more outside. Let's just worship him a little. Also, as we leave, remember Brother Charlie. Therese, Brother Darrell and I went to see him today and he's doing some better. They're supposed to discharge him today. He's doing some better. I told him we wanted him to be better because we miss him sitting right there. We wanted him to be able to come back to the house of God. Also, I received a text today from Brother Luke Gibson. He's been passing blood.
uh, got a, quite a large kidney stone. If he doesn't pass it, they're going to have to remove it somehow. So I know he would appreciate our prayers. I'm sure there's other needs among us. Let's just sing a little bit before we go. Oh, my. Let's just love him a little now. Falling in love with Jesus. Yes, Amen. Falling in love. Thank you, Lord. With Jesus. Jesus. Falling in love. Thank you, Lord. With Jesus. Amen. That was the best thing I've ever ever done
praise God. Father, thank you for your grace to us tonight, Lord. Pray you go with us now, Lord Jesus. Bring us back this weekend, Lord. I believe you have some more things for us. As we gather around your word, we love you so much. Encourage your saints. Heal the sick. Be with those who are having problems in their homes, on the job. Lord, help us to realize you never promised our life would be free from such things. But you did promise you'd be with us. Go with us now, we ask, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Turn around, shake hands with somebody. Tell them, God bless you. Good to be in the house of God. Falling in love. I'll see you this weekend. Jesus. Oh